everybody, Kevin Grossman here, president of Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. Our 2023 Candidate Experience Benchmark Research Program is now open through August 31st. To learn more on how your organization can benchmark your candidate experience this year, go to thetalentboard.org. Enjoy the podcast. It's a little crazy. You think the economy is uh, not sure of itself in, in one way. You see job losses are kind of really, I think, concentrated in some specific industries specifically around tech, but you see overall the economy continues to add jobs in industries where labor shortages and wage growth remains pre-pandemic. And that's where you kind of see the, the dichotomy, the yin and yang between the two. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Darren Finley, president of Recruitment Solutions at engage to excel a longtime trusted candy sponsor and partner. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Darren, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. You are the president of Recruitment Solutions at Engage to Excel and a longtime candy sponsor, of course, and we thank you for your support too. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today before we dive into the rest of the show? Sure. Well, Kevin, thanks for having me on again. It's great to be with you. And you know, my role at Engage to Excel is to lead the Recruitment Solutions group and make sure that we have just really crafted the right solutions for all of our clients along the way. So whether it's one hire or three or 4,000 hires, just make sure we've got the right strategy in place to help them create a great experience for both the candidates as well as hiring managers. So my role is more of a consulting, strategic, lot of business development. Excellent. And you know, we were were just talking before we started this, how you and I both, we only play economists on TV is kind of my joke when I say that about HR too, but we both are, you know, like to follow what's going on with the economy and labor data, and especially you, because you've done many presentations over the past few years for us at the Candies, where you're really diving deep into what's going on with the economy. So I'm going to ask you this, what the heck's going on? I mean, because you look at, I mean, Hiring's still strong. I mean, but it's cooling a little bit, right? So the March numbers were at 226, 226,000, down from February, 326,000. But then the unemployment rate dipped too, right? And another thing that I also saw was that employers are still adding workers faster than they did in 2019 before the pandemic. What is going on? You know, Kevin, it is uh, sort of crazy. You think the economy is uh, not sure of itself. In, in one way, you see job losses are kind of really, I think, concentrated in some specific industries, specifically around tech. But you see overall, the economy continues to add jobs in industries where labor shortages and wage growth remains pre-pandemic. And that's where you kind of see the, the dichotomy, the yin and yang between the two. And when you put both those together, it still remains you know, very tight. In March, or maybe it was the February number, there was 9.6 million open jobs still. And the March unemployment rate did drop to 3.5. I tell you, I think that you're still gonna continue to see a tight labor market. It may cool, as we talked about a little bit, and I do think it's a cooling, not a cold front. You know, so to speak. I just don't see that yet. Although everyone does expect, you know, a kind of a recession. I read this morning actually that now the, the Small Business Association and some other bankers at Bank of America and, and Merrill Lynch, they're saying that there's still the possibility of a recession 
a mild recession, but now they've put it off like, to the end of this year. That happened last year. It was supposed to happen the first of this year. Really hadn't happened yet. And now they're saying, well, it's to the end of this year. So everybody still expects it to happen, but not really seen it yet. I think the inflation numbers that come in this week will give us an indication of, of kind of what the inflation is doing. But it has gotten better. You know, it's not as high year over year as it was. So when you look at the Dow Jones numbers, and it's still within 92% of its high two years ago. Okay, so you think about investments in your 401ks, retirement plans, and your boomers that are out there that, you know, there's about 300,000 boomers retiring every single month or eligible to retire every single month. And with the Dow and the stock market, not as bad as it was in 2008, 2009, okay, I'll go ahead and retire. Or maybe I'll just work part-time. So you're still seeing those individuals leave the labor market with their skills. And that is going to continue to put pressure on the labor market as we go forward the next seven years. It will. And and then you add in the two plus million that still have never even returned to the labor market yet. And I mean, it's just, and then you, and recently at our, at our March virtual conference, actually, no, we did a webinar together, right? That where you, you presented on um, some of this recent data from a month ago or so, or something like that. We've been doing this monthly candy pulse survey now that we started uh, in January, just at just 10 questions asking our candy community, what's going on with your hiring? right now and and different questions related to that and and what's interesting is what we found is that those who said that 75 percent still still said that they're hiring and this was over 100 companies big and small across industries nearly 50 percent were 2500 and above in size and represented industries like healthcare services education finance and insurance manufacturing and even tech for that matter anonymous responses but it's down about 11 percent from feb from our polls so again cooling but not gone not not cold front as you as you were referencing it what did what they the respond again it's not the same companies every month necessarily that are responding those who said that they were fro they had frozen hiring that's actually was up in our pulse survey quite dramatically 110 percent from last month now again the, you know these fluctuations it's you know representative of, of you know it's a smaller sample size overall but still the good news is that the, the hiring is still happening with them and the recruiting team size changes have been actually pretty constant the past two months and this data that we're capturing because obviously as you know right recruiting teams when they they are unfortunately some of the first to get hit when things take a turn like what's been happening in tech as well but i think i think the consensus though and it sounds like this darren from you as well that little cooling but not quite a full-on well extreme weather cold front like we have been seeing <laughs> in the midwest and elsewhere right is that a good fair assessment right now that's my consensus today yeah i think that it's gonna there's caution in the air and that caution from CEOs and business leaders all the way into the business itself says, let's cool our jets a little bit. Let's wait and see what's going to happen with inflation and the overall economy. But, you know, consumer spending has not stopped. You know, we're a consumer driven economy. And so with the interest rates going up, you would think that, you know, people would quit putting money on their credit cards and they're just not doing that yet. Uh, credit card balances went up like a trillion dollars month over month last month. And so that consumer spending is continuing to drive the economy overall. It will continue to drive inflation. It will continue to drive wages. Right. But wage growth is also slowing too, right? Based, uh, as well as maybe a little cooling and hiring. It's still up. Still pretty strong. Yeah. So when do, the, when do the, new, the inflation numbers, when do they come out next again? I think they're out this week. Uh, I think if not Thursday or Friday. Got it. Okay. What is today, Thursday? 
Yeah, when we're recording this, when, when this comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks later, but this is um, kind of almost mid-April right now is what we're talking Tuesday about. Tuesday the 11th when we're recording this, so it'll be a couple of days from now. Yeah, it got it. Interesting. Well, it's and, and the speculation is that they have come down a little bit more, right? A little bit, yeah. The year-over-year increases have come down, but they're still way over where they were two years ago. You're still seeing 4 to 5% year-over-year increases in wages that you know, two years ago, it was one to 2% year over year. So Darren, let's switch then a little bit and talk a little bit more about how you're helping your customers at, at engage to excel recruitment solutions then. And, and some of the things that you're seeing, what, what, how they're reacting to this. I mean, again, we know a lot of the, the layoffs have been more tech focused overall, but there's some industries that are very, still very strong and extremely competitive, like healthcare, for example, and others. So what are some of the things that you're kind of seeing with your own customers and how you you're helping them to address this, again, this constant place we've never been before <laughs> today. Well, you know, the thing I like about our organization and our client mix is that we have a very, very broad client mix. And so if you look at a pie chart, which a little tiny slivers of pie all the way across the spectrum of industries. Healthcare is probably one of our larger ones at 20 to 25%. And then you got some manufacturing and tech and finance. And so it goes all around the spectrum. And what we're doing a lot more of kind of going back to the question around wages is labor market data around wages and wage growth. And we spend quite a bit of, you know, working with our friends, Jay Denton over at Labor IQ and some other organizations that help us do some labor market research around what's going on with the wages in these markets. And not a commercial for Jay at all or Labor IQ, but they just do a fantastic job of saying, here's the median, but here's where you should offer, you know, because they know the trends that are going to be coming up or going, you know, or where they're moving in the marketplace. So we spend a lot of time consulting with, you know, their compensation teams around what can they do not only to have a competitive offer that goes out, maintain competitive wages in their organization. But as you know, we have a broad spectrum of services that thinks not about how to find people, but how to keep them on the recognition and the retention side. What can you do from a non-monetary standpoint to create more engagement in the organization, you know, more recognition in the organization to keep the people that you have? So you reduce that churn in the organization. So really coming up with those ideas and that strategies around both find and keep is kind of where we spend most of our time. Where I'm spending most of my time these days having those conversations. It's really important to note. Well, no, and also, I don't mind giving a great plug to Jay either because he was actually one of our keynotes at our virtual conference we did in March. So I'm, I'm a big fan and really enjoyed his presentation and follow what he does and the work that he does at Labor IQ. Second, it's definitely been echo, you're echoing what we're hearing as well in our in the can, broader candy community where. It is this kind of push and pull of not only are we trying to source, recruit, and hire folks, we're trying to keep them too. And TA at some of the, especially some of the highest rated candy winner companies, and for those that are listening and don't know what I'm talking about, every year we give awards away to companies that have above average candidate experience ratings in our benchmark research that we do. And the high, some of the highest rated ones, Darren, there's definitely more partnering that we're seeing between TA, talent management, HR across the business, right? You're having to constantly re-recruit to retain. And what are you doing from a total rewards perspective and more to keep folks? Because we've seen the great you know, we've had called it a many, many a thing, but there's just this great collective churn that's happened, right? The past few years and continues to happen for that matter. It's been interesting to me to see this bridge between TA, learning and development and compensation, total rewards. And so many times those groups work in silos in the organization. They also buy 
in silos for all those that are in the recruiting business or in the learning development business or total rewards business. They buy in silos a lot of times as well. And what we've just found this last year, Dr. Jack Wiley, our chief data scientist, wrote a book called The Employee-Centric Manager. And then he's developed training for that. And what that training does is really helps those uh, managers think about how they interact from a behavior standpoint every single day with their downline to try to increase their engagement overall through recognition, through relationship behaviors, through skills and value, right? There's those eight things that we kind of focus on. And it's amazing to me to see the amount of our recruiting customers or our our talent acquisition customers come to us and say, hey, can you help us with this retention? These managers, they were great individual contributors. Now they're managers. How can we help them be better leaders in the organization? And that training has just taken off. I think Jack's booked out now several months and doing that training overall. I think we've got... uh, I don't know, about a thousand people he's trained already this year in that. So it's really taken off. Is there any differentiation between in in that work that you're talking about that Dr. Wiley's done between high volume hiring, professional hiring, management, or is it pretty much all interrelated, meaning in regards to retention work that's going on today? Or or are there differences depending on what kinds of job types we're talking about? You know, it's, it's a great question, Kevin, but what we have seen is that there's really not a lot of difference between the manager that leads production line team members versus a manager that has all exempt level direct reports. The challenge is still the same in how do you enable that manager to have real relationships? And I think it's been exasperated by COVID and the remote work for the exempt level groups, right? So they're used to being at home, working on a screen, doing a Zoom meeting, and then that, that just kind of hampers sometimes the deep level of relationship building that needs to occur to create trust with your manager and with that subordinate of that employee or that team member. That's what this thing does. It really kind of looks at each one of those levels of interaction, again, whether it's on a production line or whether it's, you know, an exempt level, remote, sure to workforce. And how do you enable those managers to think about keeping the individuals that they have, recognizing them in the right way to retain them overall? And give them the skills that they need to create a valuable relationship with that employee. It's really quite fascinating. It is interesting when you start talking about remote work. I mean, I, I'm not going to arm wrestle you over whether or not people should be in the office or not. But it also depends, right? Because we're talking about, and on the numbers I've heard today even, it's greater. It's a greater number of those who are remoting, working remote or hybrid than ever before. Maybe 30 to 40% are the, is the range that I've heard of the total workforce. But that's still a lot of folks that, that never will, right? The great majority still are on site. They're in the plant. They're in the store. They're in the office. I think sometimes we talk so much about this whole remote realm, but it's the majority of people still aren't that. Or there's some, they're hybrid mix. They're a mix of that at the end of the day. Or they're new at it. Just think about everyone who's now leading the team remotely that had not done it. They just got about a year and a half, two years experience of doing that compared to a leader who's been in an office or on a production floor for 15, 20 years. My dad used to walk around the rice mill and that's how he managed. He led by walking around the mill. Well, he can't do that now. Right. So it's walking around the screen. Well, and I mean, that's true. But I but right. Unless you have to be in the mill. Right. Then it's the same that it ever was in, in that regard, at least. It's the same, except that all your employees are on their phones all the time. And instead of texting them to get back to work, you should walk over and talk to them to find out what's going on. And that is an exact problem we're addressing with one of our customers is that 
the leadership and managers would text an employee that's standing right behind them as opposed to turn around, having a conversation, interacting, and finding out what they can do to help remove barriers to make their job easier or more productive. Wow, what is it going to be then? At, like in, in the in the school classroom, are we going to ban phones in, in, on, on the plant floor now? No way. <laughs> no, I know we're not going to do that. Just one more question about that. So again, with the find and keep strategy that you that you reference that you focus on now a lot with your with the customers, what's representative? I mean, besides the training that you talked about too, what else is making a difference in the keep side? I'm just curious. As you know well, when you think about the candidate experience, if you begin crafting a great candidate experience and then you craft a great onboarding experience and you craft a great pre-boarding and onboarding, and then onto their first year of experience. Research and science and experience tells us that that's going to create a more engaged, sticky employee, and your chance of losing them is so much lower. So our solutions are really focused on how do you create a great candidate experience, as you, as you well know. And by the way, this year, all of our recruiters will be respect certified recruiters, which means we're going to follow Dr. Jack's methodology around what employees most want from a respect methodology standpoint. So they can deliver back to candidates this experience that demonstrates respect and a lot of other things with their respect certified recruiters going to be able to do that. And then, as you know, also our onboarding programs, both the sociables that we do, it's a technology enabled experience, as well as the onboarding gifts that go in, have an absolute ROI on the show rate on the first day and the retention in the first 90 days. That's a big business impact. It is. And you know, and, and another thing too, that impacts before even day one is the whole pre-boarding stage, right? Between making the offer, them accepting the offer, regardless of job type, what's happening with them besides paperwork getting done, maybe it's involving welcome gifts. Maybe that's also involving some, you know, more communication, meeting colleagues, peers, talking to your hiring manager. I mean, I'm fascinated every year, Darren, that in our candy benchmark data, the new hires in our data that say they actually accepted the job, that before they start, it's less than 40% are still saying that they're hearing from their hiring manager. That I mean, I'm like, wow, I'm just really, I'm always surprised by that. And again, this is, you know, self-reported data, but I'm super surprised because I would think it would be a lot higher than that. And especially what's been going on the past three years. Now we'll see if that increases this year in our data, because, you know, these things we're, we're still, still seeing the fallout from all the different changes we've been through the past three now plus years and going and I don't. And there's no end in sight of, again, where we are going in regards to the place we've never been before. But I just, I find that always surprising to me that they're not getting that contact. And that's, you know, but I think what we're finding, Southwest Airlines just did this and some other candy community members we've heard from that have the team and the resources to do this. They're designating pre-boarding teams. And maybe you help your customers with that too. But that is really ensuring that there's engagement and, and, and communication consistently happening about the company, the people that we'll be working with, the culture, et cetera, before they start. And that is starting to make, have an impact, actually, because, you know, I'm sure you've heard from your own customers, too, maybe more on the high volume side, but, but not even professional hiring, too, because I just did a workshop where I had some of those hands go up saying, yeah, we they're losing people before day one. So maybe some of these things of putting, you know, more processes and and people in place and tech can help too, but especially in the final stages, that's where the still the more of the human interaction come from. Don't you think? I do. And you know, something you said a few minutes ago, we have our 
Job Seeker Survey, part of our Trendicators report, is going to be out in about three weeks. And excited to share that. But I'll give you a little snippet, kind of a spoiler alert on, on two things that kind of relate to the conversation. When you think about the importance of that hiring manager feedback and that hiring manager calling that candidate back from a candidate experience or from our view, a job seeker experience, right? 89% said that it was important to them to hear back from that manager during the process after they've interviewed. It's almost 90%. They want to hear back from that person that they are going to have a relationship, go to work for, talk to every day or every other day along the way. And then the other stat, and we go find it again as I'm looking for it, is you think about not just the candidate experience, but building a relationship with an organization before you start, how critical that is. 56% of the candidates that we survey said they are very likely or highly likely to participate in a social community of an organization that they're interested in, even if there's no current job open. And so when I think about our jobs over the next, you know, several, uh, I'll just say over the next several months, as we ride out this wave of high, high jobs, low jobs, recession, whatever it's going to be, if we don't have any jobs that open, doesn't mean we stop. It means we take that opportunity to create relationships with potential candidates through our social communities, you know, through hiring manager feedback, through get the know your days, whatever you want to call them, because it'll come back. It always does. And and we'll have to go find those candidates again. So just some cool data there. No, thanks for sharing that, Darren. Look forward to reading that too, when that comes out. And when will that be out? I think in about three weeks. I'm doing a webinar for you guys at the end of May, I think it is. And so I'll be highlighting that data in May. Oh, perfect. Well, Darren, listen, I, I could keep talking to you till the, the, the cows come home, as the expression goes. But I got to wrap. One thing, and I know I've asked you this before, but I always like to ask any of my guests that are on, besides all things work, because we're always work, 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 working all the time. It's just work, work, right? You, besides recruitment, besides you know retention strategies, besides labor data that you and I both love, what else does Darren like to do? Tell us again. Kevin, you know I like data and I'm looking at the labor market data. That's been most of my time being a nerd and reading as much as I can around the economics of the world. That's okay then. Labor data. But when I'm not doing that, I like to go hiking in the hills behind our house. Nice. There's some great trails back here. It goes up from about 600 to 900 feet. So it's not super tall. I can still make it without having a heart attack. I like to hike up there and uh, I still like Star Wars, man. Oh, good for you, brother. Me too. I'm just not, I mean, we're watching all the shows and there's, and by the way, there's, there's a bunch of stuff coming. There's new series that are coming. There's new movies there. I mean, the universe has only just begun. And I just read, by the way, that there is an origin story that they're developing the a Jedi origin story. I saw that this week as well. It's yeah. Did you see that? It's going to get to go, go back 25,000 years in that, in, in the history. And I'm like being a star Wars nerd too. I'm in on that. So <laughs> Thank you. in on that. Well, Darren, thanks so much for being on the candy shop talk podcast. It was always great talking with you and look forward to doing the webinar coming up soon and have yourself a great rest of the week. Thanks Kevin. Good talking to you too. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.